listening by our podcast, and uh, we welcome you. I just got to tell you something. This is exciting. I was handed these this this morning um, before Sunday school. Um, we are now reaching 185 in the people in the last 30 days with our podcast. 185. Out of that 185, 172 were downloads. So that's exciting. 13 of them were streams, where they streamed them. And so um, we have a total now of subscribers, 17. So we are growing our podcast, and I am excited about that. So everybody who's listening at home, um, we welcome you, and we thank you that you have joined us. And uh, if there's any way we can minister to you, let us know. Just go to our website at uh, Life. Um, dot org, and uh, that's with two N's, and wapitinnewlife.org, and uh, just send us an email, and we love to be able to minister to you um, there, or you can get directions if you're ever in the area to come and be with us live. And so we just praise the Lord. If you have your um, Bibles or your um, electronical um, devices, your electronic devices. Turn to John chapter 1, John chapter 1, verse 29 through 34. We'll also be looking at Romans 6, 3 through 4. And this morning I want to preach on, Behold the Lamb. Behold the Lamb. And the Word of God says here in John, The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, after me comes a man who is preferred before me, for he was before me. I did not know him, but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore I came baptizing with water. And John bore witness, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he who remained upon him. I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word today. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you were declared the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. I thank you, Lord, that not only did you come to take away our sin, but you came to baptize us with the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, for your promises and your word and that they would be real in our lives. And I thank you because of your blood that you washed us and made us new. Lord, you are so marvelous to us. And I thank you, Lord, for your anointing to preach this word. I thank you for your anointing that, Lord, I would only speak the words that you have me to say. Lord, we honor you this morning, and we come before you, Lord, to hear your voice today. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. And amen. Jesus was declared 
Do you understand? Here, listen to me. Jesus was declared to be the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. It's very important that you understand that, that he was declared. Most of the time we don't get some of the things that are so plain in the Bible that our Jewish friends who are believers would understand. Now, there's something you have to understand about John the Baptist. In Jonathan Kahn's book, The Book of Mysteries, he states the importance of John the Baptist making this statement that day. And it's so important we understand this statement that I'm going to read from the Book of Mysteries. It don't take me long. And I was going to have Jason do it, but um, uh, he didn't need an extra challenge today. Didn't he do a good job in worship today? And, and, and didn't our DJ do a good job getting the music going and everything and keeping up with him this morning? Um, that's what we're going to... I think I'm going to start calling the person in the booth there the DJ because that's, that's the, the, the updated what they do. What they, the ones who spin the music are the, called the DJ today. And so we're, we're just going to get with it and um, make our millennials feel more cool than they really are. And so, um, <laughs> so we just praise the Lord for that. Amen. Listen to this wonderful um, um, devotion that um, Brother Khan has written um, today. And uh, it's day 66. And we've been going through his book on Wednesday morning, um, and others have joined in with the devotion, and everybody who's been going through this book. This is the thinking person's devotion. This is the thinking person's devotion um, book. He led me back into the chamber of garments. This is the teacher. He disappeared for a few moments and then returned holding a white linen tunic around the middle which was a sash of blue, purple, and scarlet. What is that, I asked. It's the carment of the Kohanim. And please, if I'm mispronouncing it, just forgive me, said the teacher. And who was the Kohanim? Who were the Kohanim, he said? They were the priests of Israel, the sons of Aaron, it was the Kohanim who ministered in the temple and who were given charge by God over the offerings and sacrifices by which the people of Israel were reconciled to God. At that, he laid down the garment. Messiah came as the final and ultimate sacrifice by which those who received him would be re reconciled to God. He came at a time when the temple was still standing, when the priesthood of Israel was still in effect, and when the sons of Aaron had charge over the sacrifices. Shouldn't there have been some connection, some recognition given by the priests, those in charge of the sacrifices of the final and ultimate sacrifice? It makes sense, I said, but I've never seen anything like it in the Gospels. You have said the teacher. You just didn't realize it. There was born to the Kohanan, to the house of Aaron, a child who was not only a priest, but one descended from Aaron on both his father's and mother's line, a pure-blooded 
priest. The child was given the name Yokohan. I've never heard of him. You have, said the teacher. You know him as John the Baptist. John the Baptist of the house of Aaron, of the Kohonim. I didn't. And what did the Kohonim do? They presented the lambs for sacrifice. So it was John who presented the lamb, Messiah, the final sacrifice to Israel. It was the Kohanan who identified the sacrifice and certified that it was acceptable to be sacrificed. So it was John who first identified Messiah as the acceptable sacrifice. He was the first to identify Messiah as the sacrificial lamb. And it was he who said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. You see, God made sure to have a priest of Aaron to certify, listen to this, to certify the Lamb. That means your sins are completely and certifiably don't you love that legal term? Certifiably taken away forever by the Lamb who comes with priestly certification. So the mission. The Kohanim have spoken. The Lamb has been slain. And every one of your sins has been taken away. Rejoice in it. Live accordingly. Amen? Now, did you ever see that before? Of course not, because we come with our Gentile minds. It took a Jew who got saved, who was of the house of Aaron, to start writing a book to see that, wait a second, Jesus was certified the Lamb of God. He's been declared the Lamb of God by the house of Israel. And isn't it interesting, it wasn't the day of Palm Sunday that he was certified. It was at the very beginning of his ministry when he came to be baptized by John. Because John examined him that day and found him to be that lamb. Because not only did he, he fulfill, Jesus fulfill all righteousness to be baptized that day, but John looked up and saw the dove coming from heaven and landing on our Jesus. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? Hallelujah. So Jesus was declared to be the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He took away your sin. That does not mean he's promised you a rose garden. That does not mean you're not going to have trouble from time to time. That does not mean persecution will not come. Hallelujah. My word, we have seen some persecution here the last uh, week here, and we are just saying enough is enough. We are standing with Jesus. We are not going to be intimidated. We're not going to back down, but we are going to say praise the Lord. We're going to go forward with him and keep proclaiming that Jesus saves. Amen. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Just remember, if Jesus was persecuted, if the prophets were persecuted, blessed are you when they do it to you. Amen. And by the way, Satan still doesn't understand. This church grew 
and has always grown when persecution comes. He still makes the same stupid mistakes over and over again. That's why he's crazy. Einstein says if you keep doing the same thing over and over and again and it results in the same result of failure, you're nuts. That's what Satan does. He still doesn't get it, that Jesus is the winner. Jesus won. And we're going to praise him till Jesus comes. Hallelujah. And we're believing for revival. Thursday night prayer meeting, oh, I'm telling you, if you're struggling with something or you're trying to overcome, I would get to prayer meeting. We're holding it in Breckenridge, so it's a lot closer to a lot of your homes. And so I'm t at 6 o'clock on Thursday night, we meet for an hour and we pray heaven down. Oh, hallelujah, you never know what word is going to come from the Holy Ghost for those present. And we had a good one this last week. And I thought Jason might have mentioned it, but... Um, he'll probably do some other time, but he asked, he had to be someplace else, and because he couldn't be in prayer meeting, he didn't want to leave, waste the moment. So he asked us to pray that he would have divine appointments. And guess what? His divine appointments kept on happening, even into Saturday. And so it was so cool to see God answers <laughs> prayer. Jesus came to do more than just take away the sins of the world. He came to baptize us with the Holy Spirit. We so desperately need the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Look at what John says, upon, the Lord told John, upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. So the Lord wants to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the world likes to beat up on you. Come on. You know I'm telling you the truth. The world, those of the world like to beat up on you. So Jesus wants to baptize you in the Holy Spirit so that you can overcome those in the world. So that you have strength. He said to the disciples, stay in Jerusalem until you are endured from, with power from on high, with power from the Holy Ghost. Let the baptism of the Holy Spirit just wash over you and give you strength. Because Jesus wants to baptize you. You see, when you got saved, the, the Holy Spirit took you and washed you in the blood of Jesus. He just dipped you in the blood of the Lamb and washed you all over. And when he took you out of the blood, you were completely clean. Hallelujah. But now Jesus wants to grab you in his loving arms and baptize you in the Holy Ghost. So when you come up out of the Holy Ghost, hallelujah, you will be ready to do his work here on earth. You'll be ready to withstand the the arrows of the enemy. You'll be able to stand when those would come against you when you're trying to tell them about Jesus. You'll be able to have more wisdom and power in your life to be able to do what God has called you to do. He will give you those Holy Ghost gifts that you so need to help you in the job that God has for you. You see, the gifts that he gives us is not given to us in our strength. He gives us the very gifts that we need in our weakness. Hello? I, I, I can testify that firsthand. I have, we, we, there has been people I've known that um, had no common sense. Amen. Had no wisdom in their life. But when the Holy Ghost would come upon them, hallelujah, their eyes would become bright. The light bulb would come on. 
And the words of wisdom from the Lord would come out of you and you knew it was the Holy Ghost because you knew the guy and there was no way he would have came up on that one all by himself. You see, the Lord wants to give us his gifting so in our weakness so that we can be strong and overcome him that is in the world because greater is he that is in you who's that Jesus than he that is in the world who's that the devil and his his principalities come on we don't understand how much power we have in the name of Jesus we have more power in our pinky than than the devil has in his own body when we have Jesus in our life because at the name of Jesus the devil has to flee can you say amen, amen. come on but yet we don't use the name of Jesus enough. We don't plead the blood enough over our lives. We don't plead the, the blood over our children enough. We need help to overcome the attacks of the enemy. And it's the Holy Spirit who provides this. Hallelujah. He gives us boldness. He gives us boldness to proclaim our testimony before a fallen world. My word, we, we are living in a day that we can really tell that we're living in a fallen world. I don't know about you, but have you ever seen so many angry people as we have seen this year? It's like the country is divided against those who just want to be loving and happy and, 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 and hug each other and, and want to proclaim Jesus and the rest of the country who's angry right now and wants to tear everything down and start cars on fire and riot in the streets and kill babies in the womb and all these things. And, and you've got people who are Christians who say, I want to love you. We don't care if you killed the baby in the womb. We want to love you and let you know that Jesus loves you. But yet we have, during that big rally, the most disgusting thing that happened on the day after the inauguration at that, will, that, that large women's march in, in, in Washington, some liberal women got together and they had one of them dressed like Mary and they acted out an abortion on Mary in front of all those women to see. Was it on the news? No. But that is what they think of our Lord. He should have been aborted. Oh my word, if Jesus had been aborted, we have no hope. But thank God that God found his handmaiden who is pliant in his hands, Mary, who loved him so much and said, Lord, do unto me whatever you want. Let it be, Lord, I will accept this. I'll take on the mission. I'll do it. And then God gave her a good man in Joseph who, oh my word, it had to take a good man to take on that responsibility. And Joseph said, okay, Lord, tonight I'll marry her and take her home. And then, Lord, she is so holy right now because she's carrying your child. I will not touch her until after her purification, after Jesus is born and I we go up and do the purification at the temple and dedicate him unto you and then I will go ahead and consummate my wedding with Mary I'm gonna hold off because Lord I honor you do you understand how much holiness was going on in those two's lives 
And yet we got a crazy world ha happening around us. And people are so angry. It's almost like the devil knows we're getting near to Jesus' return. It's almost, no, it's almost like the devil knows. And he's getting people riled up because he knows his days are numbered. So are we surprised? Jesus said, Jesus said, are you surprised that they hate you? Didn't they first hate me? They hate you because of my namesake. Because of me, they hate you. And praise God, you know what? As Christians, we need to wear that as a badge of honor and continue loving people and continue to pray for those who despitefully use us, who abuse us, who attack us. That doesn't mean we don't, we don't stand up for ourselves. Remember every time Paul got beat up, he didn't go ahead and beat them back up, did he? He just go ahead and said, hey, what are you doing? I'm a Roman citizen. You can't touch me like that. <gasps> Everybody gets scared. He's going to turn us in. Paul would forgive and go on. Amen? When you accepted Jesus into your heart, something happened. Something wonderful happened. You've been washed and made new. Lord wanted me to put this into the sermon today because there's some of us here that are hearing my voice today that forget that they've been washed and made new and they need that encouragement to know that you are a new creature that you've been made new, that you've been restored, that you've, oh, hallelujah, that God has done something in your life. You've been, as Jesus said, born again. Romans 6, 3 through 4 says, Or do you not know that as many of us were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk, and here's the crux of it, in the newness of life. What more do I have to say? Do I, you know, do you get it? The example of water baptism here? He took you when you got saved. And the reason why we do the water baptism is to show everybody, I'm saved now, Jesus is in my heart. But it's a reminder to get that understanding of what he did for you. The Holy Spirit took you. He grabbed a hold of you when you said, yes, Jesus, come into my heart. And he took you and he buried your old person in the blood of Jesus. He buried you. What? He took that old you, that you that was going to hell, and he buried you in the blood of Jesus. And just like Jesus, you come up in resurrection, and he brings you up, but not the old you that he buried. He brings up the new you, the saved you, the, the new created you, the born again you, the one who's been forgiven and cleansed, and he brings you up. And then we're supposed to let go of the old man, the old you, 
And when the Holy Spirit pulls the plug, the old you goes down the drain. Never to be seen again because our Heavenly Father, He, he puts it in His sea of His forgetfulness, the old you, your sin. He goes ahead as far as the east is from the west. He remembers it no more. Oh, hallelujah. I could preach on that one all day. He goes ahead and he cleanses you. He forgives you. And you are now set free. And then he tells us to walk in the newness of life. What did Jesus do every time he forgave somebody? He, he said to the, to the leper, he says, now, he says, now go and sin no more. He said to the woman who was caught in adultery after he wrote on the ground and said, you without sin cast the first stone and all her accusers left. He looked at her. He says, neither do I hold anything against you. Now when you go from here, go and sin no more. When we are to walk in the newness of life, that is the goal to not sin any longer but to live in the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, can you say amen? amen? Because you are a new creature. You have been made new. We need to learn to walk in that newness of life. And we do that by embracing the Lamb of God. We embrace the Lamb of God. We do, did that when we asked Jesus into our heart. But we also embrace the Lamb of God by letting Jesus have his way in our hearts. Hmm. We sometimes sing that song, Have your own way, Lord, have your own way. Thou art the potter, I am the clay. Mold me and make me after thy will while I am waiting Yielded and still. Now, think about that. Are we allowing Jesus to have his own way in our lives? Or have we become hard? Have we become dried out? Have we become unyielding? The good news is that we can go ahead and say, Lord, forgive me for getting dried out, for becoming unyielded. Lord, forgive me and renew me. Renew a right spirit within me. And guess what? He will do that for you. The only thing is, the only thing is, in order for the potter to take a dried out clay pot and renew it and make it fresh, is he has to break it. Now the breaking sometimes hurts. But when he breaks up that pot, he then goes ahead and adds more new clay to it. He doesn't throw away the old. And you know what? You get a more precious, stronger, usable vessel. Because those old pieces that are broken up within the new gets put in the fire and become stronger and more precious. In fact, your pottery that you love the best, that's the most precious in your house, have those broken fragments in it. Mm. We just have to allow God to do that to us. Oh, Lord, 
We want to embrace you. We want to embrace you this morning. Let the Holy Spirit speak to your heart today. He wants to do something new in your life. He wants to go ahead and create in you a right spirit. He wants to do something in you so that you can be strong to face this world. Let us pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, I pray that we would allow you Allow your Son, Father, to baptize us in the Holy Spirit today. That you would renew us, Lord Jesus, by the power of your might. That, Lord, we would embrace the Lamb today and say, Yes, Jesus, have your way in my life, in our life, Lord. Lord, fill us with your Holy Ghost. Lord, do your work in us. For Lord, we need your strength. For where we are weak, you are strong. We need your strength today so that we can proclaim till Jesus comes, Jesus saves. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.